When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. This is a Around Denver Sports Edition. I'm your host, Adam Mades, and I'm going to be walking you through what you need to know about the Denver Nuggets as they advance to the second round of the NBA playoffs and take on the Phoenix Suns. A little bit later in the show, I'm joined by Jake Schwanitz, our host of the DMVR Buffs podcast, and he's going to tell us about one of the most interesting weeks I can remember in Denver sports, or to be specific, Boulder sports, as Coach Prime had his first ever spring game, a sold-out spring game at Folsom Field, and then immediately he had a bunch, I'll say a majority of his roster, enter the portal. We get Jake's thoughts about that, um, as well as his thoughts on the NFL draft, the first round of the NFL draft, an uneventful first round for the Denver Broncos who did not have a pick. He'll talk about that and what he expects on Friday. But first, we have to start with the Denver Nuggets who advanced to the second round after defeating the Minnesota Timberwolves, a division rival, uh, defeated them 4-1, winning the first three games, dropping game four, and then closing it out at home in game five. A pretty dominant performance from them. To kind of let you know, if you're not a, a, a Denver Nuggets fan, if you're just trying to get into the Denver Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets have spent the last three years waiting for this playoff run. They lost Jamal Murray, the team's second best player, They lost Jamal Murray to an ACL injury two seasons ago, and it cost them a playoff run in 2021 and in 2022. They had to enter those playoffs shorthanded, and they made it to the second round the first year, got beaten five games in the uh, 2022 playoffs. This year was a culmination of the Denver Nuggets waiting two years to be whole again and then be able to throw their best punch. They're the number one seed in the Western Conference. And in that first round series, the biggest takeaway was that Jamal Murray looked as good as we remembered him in the playoffs. He had a 40-plus point game in game two of that series. He became the leader all-time in Denver Nuggets franchise history in 40-point games in the playoffs. And he was just sensational, reminding you that he plays his best basketball on the biggest stage. You remember back in 2020, inside the bubble in uh, Disney World, Jamal Murray had two 50-point games in one series. Only him, Donovan Mitchell, Michael Jordan, and I think one other player had ever had two 50-point games in a single series. Jamal Murray did that. But of course, the following year, he had the ACL injury and was forced to miss. His return has been very encouraging. And Denver, as the one seed out west, looks poised to make a deep run. But here's the thing. Back in 2021, when Jamal Murray was absent, the Denver Nuggets won a first round series against the Portland Trailblazers. The next round, they played the number one seeded Phoenix Suns and they got swept and swept handedly. It was a series that uh, was contentious. Nikola Jokic was thrown out of the game in game four with the team down hopelessly in the fourth quarter. He got into an altercation with Devin Booker and was thrown out. It was uh, something of a humiliating loss, I would say, for the Denver Nuggets, certainly for the Denver Nuggets fan base. So that was a series where Denver was severely shorthanded and outclassed that I think has stuck in their craw for a couple years. They've denied it every chance they've given. Hey, 
hey, does this remind you uh, of that series? You want revenge? Everybody's going to say the PC thing of, hey, this is a team. You know, we're a different team now. We've added pieces. Denver's added, you know, Michael Porter's healthy now. Jamal Murray is back and healthy with the team. They've added Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Bruce Brown. Those guys were not with the Denver Nuggets back in 2021. And then if you go to the Phoenix Suns, they are a team that lost some of their core pieces and Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, but they added a superstar and a former MVP in Kevin Durant. So the, the texture of the two teams is different, but the core of those teams, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and for the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, those pieces are still the same, and I think there's still a lot of animosity. So I say all that to say, we're in a rare moment in sports where a team spends years building up for one single moment. It doesn't happen often, whether it's football, baseball, whatever. Usually if you have a team of the caliber of the Denver Nuggets, it's a window that's open for a couple years. But because of Jamal Murray's injury, this playoff matchup with the Phoenix Suns feels like it counts for triple. It feels like Denver doesn't have a lot of wiggle room to say, hey, why don't we run it back next year? If you lose, run it back and see what you have. You kind of need to know, is this proof of concept? Is your team ready to go to the next level and get this win? That's what this series represents. Denver has been sitting on it for a couple years, and the team is excited. At practice all week, Michael Malone has been saying, hey, this team is eager to get on the court. They've been waiting for this matchup. We're all just ready to go out there and prove it and and see if they can do it. Um, So this is one that I think carries an enormous enormous stakes, um, but also an enormous opportunity for the Nuggets to get back to the Western Conference Final, a place they haven't been to for three years now, and one that in their history, their their 46-year NBA history, they've only been to a handful of times into that Western Conference. So this is a huge moment for the Denver Nuggets. If we want to preview the series and talk about how it should go, this is a series where it's going to be a, a fun one, offensive heavy. Uh, I don't think either team is going to be able to guard the other, the opposing team. And you've got some of the best offensive players in all of the NBA. First of all, you've got the reigning two-time MVP in Nikola Jokic, and he has a favorable matchup uh, coming off a series where he averaged 26 points, 12 rebounds, nine assists. And I think that this matchup against the Suns is actually going to be better for him and maybe even better for his individual numbers than the previous series where he had to go up against the three-time defensive player of the year in Rudy Gobert. So he'll have a favorable matchup. Matchup. You look at Jamal Murray, he has had some of his best games of his career against the Phoenix Suns. He loves that matchup. I believe he's something like 12 and 2 all time against the Phoenix Suns. He's a former Kentucky Wildcat player. He's going up against another Kentucky Wildcat in Devin Booker, who has been one of the best scorers in the NBA over the last two or three seasons. Jamal Murray and, and Devin Booker used to be players that were thought of as equals. You know, they were they were sort of the same tier of player. Murray spent the last two years being hurt. Devin Booker spent the last two years ascending from a good young 23-year, 24-year-old prospect to now one of the premier shooting guards in the NBA, maybe even the best shooting guard in all of the NBA, and one of the top scorers. So that's going to be a heck of a battle. The problem is I don't think either guy is going to be good defensively against the other. Both of those guys will be able to score at a high clip. And then you have arguably the the best individual scorer of this generation and Kevin Durant on the other side as well. 
he is a dynamic scorer, capable of putting up 30, 40, even 50-point games uh, on the regular. And Denver doesn't have a good matchup for him defensively. I think he is going to have favorable matchups as well. So you look at this and you say the four best scorers in this in this series all have good offensive matchups for them, not a, a player on the other team that you anticipate will be able to slow them down. That makes for a very interesting series where I think you're going to see some big numbers. And then you round out the cast of characters with some high-profile players. On the other side, you've got Chris Paul, one of the best point guards to ever step foot on the NBA floor. He is 38 years old. He's been in the NBA sort of on his last legs, and he's showing signs of wearing down just a little bit. But he still has peaks that are worthy of his Hall of Fame career. On the side, you have DeAndre Ayton, who has a Patrick Ewing-esque mid-range jumper, jump shot, very feathery jump shot, uh, and can put up some points. Um, so that's going to be a you know a dynamic offensive team. And then you go to the Denver side, and you've got Michael Porter, who is having probably his best individual season of his career. He's been healthy all year, knock on wood, and he's coming off of a series where he had a 27-point game, I believe it was, uh, in Game 3, and, has, and shot 42%, over 42% from three in the first round at high volume. And then you have Aaron Gordon, who had a very challenging series last year going up against Carl Anthony Towns. This series, I think he's going going to have a size advantage uh, and should have a very good offensive series as well. So I like this one. This is two of the top teams in all of the NBA. Denver, despite being a one seed, actually enters it as an underdog on DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an interesting little uh, little note for the series. And I just think it's going to be a dogfight where both teams are able to put up spectacular performances and it should make for a good one. What I say for the Denver Nuggets is that they have been building this roster around Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic for eight seasons now. Nikola Jokic, this is his eighth season. It's all been culminating to this moment. It's not hyperbole to say it. It's culminating in this moment. If Denver goes on to win, they enter a Final Four where they have as good a title odds as anybody left standing and should feel confident that this is the year where they can get it done. If they lose, I think it'll be hard to talk yourself into this formula being the one that's going to eventually get the Nuggets over the hump. That is to say, it really does feel like big decisions come down to this one and big opportunities come down to this one. The Denver Nuggets have never made it to an NBA Finals. They are still this round and the next one before they get there, but this represents their biggest challenge and their best opportunity of this era, and I think it's going to make for some exciting basketball. Game number one is at 6.30. It'll be on TNT, but the best place for you to watch it, if you're not going to Ball Arena, is going to be at the DNVR Bar, where we have happy hour specials throughout the entire game. In fact, every Avs and Nuggets playoffs game of this entire playoffs will have happy hour pricing. And then, of course, in honor of the big Serbian himself, Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP, we have half-price Rakia at the DNVR Bar. The only bar in Denver, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm guessing the only bar in Denver where you can get uh, Rakia and you can get it half price one hour before tip-off. So come, those games are always fun. Saturday night at the bar, it's going to be a good time. And like I said, it's arguably the biggest game uh, the Denver Nuggets have played in over a decade. It should be exciting. I'm going to take a quick break to tell you guys about my favorite restaurant in all of Denver. That is, of course, Illegal Pete's. Illegal Pete's is the place for burritos and beer and buddies, as well as margaritas. They have a great bar in all of their locations, some great margaritas, and some one of the best happy hours in all of Denver. A great place to sneak out of work a little bit early. Go grab a margarita or two before getting your weekend started. Um, they've also got one of my favorite foods in all of Denver, their queso. They have, I think, the best queso in all of Denver, at least at the fast casual 
several places. Uh, a very Colorado style queso. And then what I love about the burritos is they have a Colorado style. What is Colorado known for? Well, of course, it's green chili. And you can get that burrito smothered in green chili. Um, which is what I recommend. They've got all kinds of great fixings and just a great culture. They are a true Colorado brand and we're happy to be supporting them. They're happy to be supporting us. Check them out. They got locations all over Denver. I also want to tell you about the Game Time app. You might be thinking, maybe I should go down to Ball Arena and check out Game 1. Adam's telling me this is going to be the biggest game the Nuggets have played in ten, over 10 years. What are tickets looking at? Well, let's open up the app right now. Game Time app has tickets right now for $40. A playoff game that I just told you is the biggest game in uh, Denver Nuggets from the last 10, maybe really 15 years. I think you have to go back to 2009 before you get a game bigger than this one. And yet... You can get tickets for under $50 to this one. The atmosphere is going to be incredible. And this is what I love about Game Time app. You not only can just look at a list of tickets and sort by price, you can also look at the map of the arena and it shows you the exact seat. Do you want to sit here? They even give you a little image of what it looks like from every single seat in the house. So if you have a ticket and it says, oh, here's $150 for a lower bowl ticket, but it's in the corner, you think, I don't know, is that behind the basket? What's it look like? You click on the little icon and it shows you what it looks like. So you can say, okay, this is what my seat will look like. This is what the tickets will look like i'm gonna go ahead and do it i'm gonna get the i'm gonna buy those tickets on the game time app they've also got the alert feature where if you see a game you like you hit send me alerts if prices drop on this one it's just a little out of my range but maybe they'll drop down and then what do you know it'll send you a text or an email saying prices have dropped as somebody is looking to get rid of those tickets at the last minute or maybe new tickets became available and you can pick those up game time app is fantastic you can download it onto your phone by using the link in this the description of this very show and in fact I'm going to make Nuggets hosting the Suns on Saturday for game one, our game time's game of the week. That's it. That's the game of the week on the game time app. Check the description in this show. All right. Now we bring on Jake Schwanitz, who covers the CU Buffaloes football team for us at DNVR Buffs. And he is maybe on the most interesting beat. It's weird that the Nuggets are in the playoffs. And the most interesting story right now seems to be the CU Buffs. Just had their spring game, an event I barely knew existed until this year. And this year it was a sellout down at Folsom. Jake, just before we get into any like notes about the buffs, just take me in. What was that atmosphere like? Was it what you expected? And what is the biggest takeaway from the atmosphere there? Um, I honestly don't know how to answer that because I went in with about zero expectations just because I didn't know how extravagant and just awesome this thing would end up being. And it just turned into a massive ball of fun. I mean, obviously the weather wasn't great. It was probably around, I don't know, 38, 40 degrees. We had some snow later on in the second half of the game. It of course snowed that morning, but it was a blast, man. The program's completely revitalized. The energy's back. Everyone just seeing Folsom that full, um, that full for a spring game was pretty astonishing because I honestly only saw that maybe two or three times last year in six home games. Uh, <laughs> but the energy is back in the program. One of the questions I always had, I mean, obviously Coach Prime is so good at just hype and bringing excitement. But one of the things I want to know is at Jackson State, they seem to really be all the details were were uh, taken care of with the building excitement, the run out of the tunnel, the music, all of those different things. How this was CU's first chance at trying to handle all of that. It's almost like a, a concert, right? Like all uh, uh, the production value through the roof. How is CU and do they need a couple months to kind of prepare for this fall? Uh, for sure. I mean, so Ralphie didn't run last Saturday because of the weather. 
Um, but there were some little like production blips, you know, getting the team yeah. out. There was an awkward like minute where music played and then nothing happened. And then everyone was just kind of waiting. We had to get all excited again uh, a few seconds later for the run out. But uh, it's preseason for them, too, I guess. Right. So they got to kind of iron stuff out. They'll be in tip top shape come September, though. Do you get a sense, though? I mean, one of my favorite things to do is watch those old Jackson State videos with Dion just hyping him up. Like, he's got that presence about him where just his run out onto the, the field is is intense. Did you get a sense for what that will be? Oh, yeah, for sure. There was a – so he led the team out of the tunnel, and it was lit. It was, everyone was going crazy. Um, like, kind of walking to midfield was, like, hanging out on the Lo- Ralphie logo and then just turned towards, I guess, to be the West Sideline crowd, just hyping him up, hands in the air. Um, it was just like what you saw at Jackson State, man. It's a party for him. He's just there to, you know, obviously he's the head coach, but he's having fun, man. He's enjoying the moment, kind of living it up. So the now to move on, I don't really want to ask about the game because the fallout from the game is so much more interesting. Yeah, I know that Coach Prime, he had the famous, his first viral video at CU was him telling all of the guys, you should go to the portal. You should get out of here. He has been telling us about this for a while. But they had the initial portal, you know, guys entering, guys coming in. They had that initial one. There was a second wave. This one, though, to me, I think has caught some people offside uh, by surprise, even if you feel like they shouldn't. But what was the final tally? Is it 18 players that entered the portal from CU? Uh, For the spring period, we're up to 43. Well, I just mean in the last week, like since the spring game, wasn't it? Do you know, or does Uh, it just keep going up? No, I do know, and I will tell you here I mean, just since the spring game ended, 30 players have entered the portal. Um, the Buffs are now 25 scholarships below the limit. Yeah. So is there a real, is there any concern in your mind that they won't be able to fill these scholarships with above replacement players? Meaning you lost some guys. Is there any concern that some of the guys that left, you're not going to be able to replace that level of talent? There's two sides to this. So one, um, I think it will be tough to actually get to 85 just through the portal and raw numbers. And you also don't need 85. I mean, this is coach prime's first year. He's not going to bring, be able to bring in, I think, um, you know, 85 plus guys for this, this brand new roster. Basically. I mean, we're looking at like seriously six or seven guys from last year's team total of the 85 scholarship roster that will be on this year's team. Um, but on the other side of it, I mean, it did kind of catch people off guard, I think, because the portal did open on the 15th and we did see some entrances into the portal. And I think a lot of people kind of assumed, you know, after the spring game that a lot of those people were going to stay, but really that was just the beginning. I mean, it kind of was a black Sunday, if you will, Um, where coach prime basically told, um, I mean, most of these guys, all of these guys basically that have entered the portal that you don't really have a spot here. Like we don't really want you. Uh, it's probably best for your career if you go and look somewhere else. So that's really what I think was so surprising on it. And just, I mean, the numbers are astonishing. I mean, 43 players uh, in this period since April 15th is kind of insane. So Coach Prime to me is such an interesting character because he's coming about, forget his history as, you know, Hall of Famer and all of, the, of these different things and his charisma. He's coming about at a very specific moment in time where this portal has begun. And I, I don't think when it started out, anybody knew, okay, how is this going to go? We're how many, how many years are we into the portal now? This, this ability to transfer less than a decade. Yeah. Right. The portal has been around for a while, but they really relaxed rules like two, three years ago. Okay. So we're a couple years into this 
And Coach Prime is one of the first guys to look at and say, yeah, this isn't for, oh, I went to the school and I wish I wouldn't have, I'm going to get out. It's now a tool for a school to say we were going the wrong direction. Let's completely course correct. And that's what's going on with CU. The thing is, we are in uncharted territory. We haven't seen a team try to do it to the degree that Coach Prime is doing it. And that's what's so interesting to me is anytime you're a pioneer of a new method of roster construction, there's going to be some unintended consequences. There's going to be some surprises. What surprises do you foresee for Coach Prime here with this I'm not going to call it crazy. It's smart with this unique strategy. Yeah. I mean, it's extremely unique. It's, it is smart because the rules allow it now. And it's honestly an experiment. I mean, no team's really built through the portal like Colorado's trying to do. You can bring up USC last year with Lincoln Riley coming from Oklahoma, but he brought a lot of Oklahoma guys over to Colorado uh, or to USC rather. And Coach Prime obviously brought over Shador, Travis from Jackson State, and a handful of other guys. It's just not going to be the amount of numbers you saw from Lincoln Riley. But with this experiment, you're just there's some guys are just going to dud, man. Some guys are just not going to deliver what you thought you were getting. And I think we've already seen that a little bit. We already had two players who already transferred into CU under Coach Prime who have transferred out. Uh, One being Tavion Beasley, who was a corner at Jackson State, actually. And then the other being Taylor Upshaw, who was an edge at Michigan. Um, both guys who weren't really projected to make the starting lineup, but figured to at least be in the rotation for those positions. And they already entered the portal. So I think you're going to, you're going to have some of that this year where they bring in maybe a handful of guys who are, you know, they're going to be from Michigan's or for wherever they come from in the portal, they're probably going to have some stats, but they're just going to dud out. They're just not going to be who we thought they were. And maybe who CU thought they were when they were initially recruiting them in the portal. Are there any names that are sort of rumors flying about, about who CU or who Coach Prime is targeting? And then the second part of that, if it's not just names, are there specific positions or types of players that they you think they need to target? They got to target the D-line. So going back to the spring game, they only had five scholarship defensive linemen who basically played the entire spring game, wow. which, yeah, it's not ideal, obviously. So they've really been attacking that area. They already got um, a guy from Florida State, Derek McClendon, who plays uh, defensive line. They got two guys from Old Dominion who play on the defensive line. Um, and that's really what they've been attacking this portal period, too. So uh, offensive line also, it's really trench heavy right now. So Cameron Johnson and Trevante Sylvester, a former Houston offensive lineman, uh, they're scheduled to visit, visit CU this weekend. Uh, James Madison had a edge rusher, Isaac Uku, that went into the portal. He was an all-sunbelt player for them, massive stats last season. Uh, they've offered a Liberty offensive lineman. They just got a Tennessee defensive tackle today and Amari McNeil. And that's really where the focus has been. And that's where we expect a lot of these transfers to come through right away is along the defensive line, edge rushers, linebacker. I mean, secondary too. I know I just listed the whole defense, but it's kind of in that order. You really got to build out the trenches through the portal here. That's a lot of what you lost uh, this week and last week. Going to take another break here to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery, and in particular, my favorite beer from Breckenridge Brewery, the Avalanche Amber. I'm going to go on record and call this the greatest uh, amber beer in all of Colorado. I'm a malty beer kind of guy. I know a lot of beer drinkers are the uh, hoppy kind of beer guy. I go the other way. I like the malty type of beers, but no matter what kind of beer you like, there's beer for you at Breckenridge Brewery. They, of course, have the Vanilla Porter Jr. They've got the Fun Slinger. They've got the Mountain Beach, a very sour mountain uh, summer type beer. 
whatever your flavor is, whatever your taste is, Breckenridge Brewery has it. And if you want to, if you've been hearing us talk about them for years, and you want to check out and see what it is that they're that, that they've got, you can use the Breck Brew locator. Just go to breckbrew.com, find the locator, or Google the Breck Brew locator. Put in your zip code, and it'll tell you what liquor stores, bars, and restaurants near you carry Breckenridge Brewery, either on tap or obviously if it's a liquor store in the cans. Um, and you'll get it next to you. So if you hear us talking about Fun Slinger or about the Mile High City Golden Ale or any of the delicious beers and you're starting to say, man, I'd like to check that out, use that Breck Brew locator. And then, of course, if you're here in Colorado, go check out the farmhouse. They have it's almost the summer concert series time of year where you can go out of the beautiful Breck Brew farmhouse down there in Centennial, have some delicious food, drink some delicious beer. And they always have musicians playing acts there in their outside amphitheater. That's absolutely fantastic. So if you're looking for for some place new to try. It's a little bit of a hidden gem in Colorado, the Breckenridge Brewery Farmhouse. Also, I want to tell you guys about Circle K. We're excited to partner with our friends at Circle K. Check out your local Circle K for the best coffee, beer, and snack selection. And I mean this, there's a Circle K just down the street from my house. It's my go-to on my way into work to get a good coffee. I like the coffee there. It's like a simple coffee, but they got all the different creamers and different things. And I'm telling you, gas station coffee can be very good. Circle K, the top of the uh, the top pick, and then the snack selection, Reese's Pieces. I didn't know this the other day. Eric had to turn me on to it as we were doing the Circle K thing. He turned me on to the fact that there are like 20 different types of Reese's these days. He got me one of those great ones that we got from the uh, you know from the checkout counter there where they have all the different ones. This was like a Twix mixed with a uh, uh, a Twix mixed with a peanut butter cup i don't know how to describe it but it was fantastic so stop by circle k check them out favorite road trip snacks you can get the best deals you've ever gotten get the coffees all the different creamers and sugars and different things they have check them out and thanks to circle k for sponsoring dnvr Lastly, I want to tell you guys about Shady Rays. It is the summer season, and that means it's sunglass season. Fortunately for you, we have the place for you. Take in the sun with the gear that's built to last. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company. You know I like that. It's not this big company. It's an independent one that offers world-class products that are just as good as any expensive pair I've ever worn. They've got durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection on all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one and i'm telling you this has happened to our friend Susie at the rocky show she lost her glasses after one day so what does she do she let shady rays know and they sent her a brand new pair no questions asked wear your shady rays with confidence because they've got your back for about long after your purchase together with their customers shady rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the u.s through shady rays impact from building uh, playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MLS, MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an imp- impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. Exclusive offer for our listeners. Shady Rays is giving out the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code DNVR for 50% off of two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's promo code DNVR at ShadyRays.com to get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sun- sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades that are five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, let's segue now into some NFL stuff. The draft obviously started on Thursday. Denver Broncos not picking in the first round. They traded some capital. This was all fallout from the Russell Wilson trade, yeah? I mean, yeah, the the Russell Wilson trade led to the Sean Payton trade, so yes. (laughs) So there you go. 
they will be picking on on Friday as the draft continues, but let's get, stick to the first round for a moment here. What were some of the standouts? If you were to summarize the first round of the NFL draft, what would you say were the big uh, the big standouts? Well, kind of it's quarterbacks. We start with quarterback, and it's kind of the duality of what's happened in the first night of the draft. So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud went one two. Um, it really, if you went back to mock draft from November, December, that's kind of what we saw and that's what we got. Uh, but a guy who's got a lot of hype recently as draft season went on was Will Levis quarterback out of Kentucky surprisingly went undrafted in the first round tonight. So it was like that Aaron Rodgers situation, you know, back mm. in 2004 where the guy sitting in the green, you know, his mom's kind of like Yikes. rubbing his shoulder, trying to give him encouragement and stuff. And, and, uh, he's going to be back there tomorrow. So that was really the story of uh, day one. Uh, and then with teams that pertain to, to the Broncos, you know, is there any moves in the division that really stand out that you look at and say, hey, this is going to be a name we're going to be talking about for years to come? Immediately, I think of Quentin Johnston, who was drafted by the Chargers at 21st overall. Um, this is a guy who I saw him in person when TCU came here to play week one of the season last year. You only held this guy to 22 yards, um, but he just blew up in the biggest games of the year for TCU this season, uh, Kansas state went off, went off against Michigan in the playoff. I mean, no one in on that TCU team did anything against Georgia. So you can't really fault him there. Uh, but this guy right. is, if he had a comparison coming out of the draft, it probably probably be Mike Williams, who is on the chargers, kind of that bigger, you know, go up and get it type of receiver. But Quentin Johnston is a little different. This guy's got legitimate speed. He can take the top off of a defense. He can be a deep threat. So, uh, um, he's going to be a name that we watch out for. And now that they, he's their third receiver, I mean, for sure. Mm. He's going to be someone that you see kind of streaking wide open that the defense kind of forgot about at least once or twice next season. I'm sure. And then what about tomorrow? You know, what do you anticipate the Broncos doing? Um, and what do you anticipate will be the storylines for the Broncos? Yeah. So going into today, you know, there were some rumors, maybe the Broncos trade up, maybe they kind of get aggressive. Sean Payton has, you know, really done that a lot when he was in new Orleans is get aggressive up into the first round when they didn't have a first round pick and stuff. They didn't do that tonight. Um, you know, Zach Stevens kind of said, as we ended the draft, uh, watch along, I guess, uh, tonight that he does expect to see the Broncos try to be aggressive tomorrow. Um, so they're supposed to pick at 67th overall. I think you can try and get into the top 50 without losing too much capital. There's still some really nice players available, um, at positions of need for the Broncos. So I think, I think they have a good shot to come out with a starter tomorrow. I like it. Uh, he is Jake Schwanitz. He is doing a fantastic job covering the CU Buffs. A little bit of a lull season for the Buffs, but my goodness, is the hype at an all-time high. Actually, I shouldn't say a lull. I think these players are going to be coming through the portal here over the next couple weeks, so you're going to have your hands full. They're coming. Uh, he is Jake Schwanitz. You can, you can catch him at the DNVR Buffs. Thanks so much, Jake. Thanks, Adam.